Thanksgiving during the pandemic. Hello again, everybody. I'm Bill Stanjakovich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by one of our veteran instructors, Lisa Bennett, who's been teaching for the fundraising school for many, many years uh, on a wide range of subjects, including her significant expertise in planned giving. Lisa also works as a consultant for numerous nonprofits, uh, including in helping them help their donors with their estate planning that can include charitable giving. And Lisa, great to see you during this virus crisis, and thanks for being with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. It is my pleasure, Bill, and I really appreciated teaching with you last January. It was one of my last teaching assignments before uh, sheltering in place occurred, and of course, sheltering in place now means fundraising in place, and I hope that you and your household and your family members are safe and healthy uh, during this pandemic. Lisa, one of the questions we we've received often at the fundraising school, one of the questions we've received often since mid-March from fundraisers is how they should approach planned giving uh, during this virus crisis. So before we get into that specific advice, if we could just take a step back and if you could just, again, help all fundraisers understand that regardless of their subsector, regardless of their budget size, why should plant giving always be a part of their fundraising strategy? Well, that's a, that's a great place to start because it lays a foundation. Um, planned giving is a way that donors can uh, do more than they generally can during their lifetimes. So it's from a personally, from a selfish point of view, from the organization standpoint, you don't want to be leaving money on the table. Um, you want to definitely have planned giving as part of your, um, one of your, one of your techniques, as long as your organization has some track record, some history and a future. So that to me um, is one of the main reasons is that, that donors can give more than they could generally give during their lifetimes. It also is a way of connecting donors to the, the longer term future of your organization. When they give to your annual fund, they are supporting your current programs. And they love doing that. They love hearing the stories that you send to them um, or tell them about the successes and, and uh, the people you've helped. Um, but when they think about, well, will this, will this mission need to be addressed a generation from now when my grandchildren are in the community? And if it is, and if your organization has a good likelihood of being there, um, then plan giving as a way for donors to 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 fulfill their long-term interest in your in your mission in your field. So those are those are the main reasons. Is that is so that, that yeah? That has always been important to have plan giving in our overall fundraising planning. And now, Lisa, with great sensitivity, fundraisers are saying, "Wow, you know, there's so much in the news about." Um, you know, the number of people, the number of illnesses, the number of fatalities. Is this really the time I should be talking with a donor about their giving for after they pass on? What advice do you have for fundraisers as they try to keep planned giving in the forefront, even during this current challenging season? Well, Bill, you know, that's a very natural question. And I'm not surprised that we're getting this question at the fundraising school. I would step back, actually, and say that um, fundraisers are often 
at a deep level reluctant to address planned giving with donors because they're afraid it might seem morbid um, that the donors will then have to think about after they're dead. You know, nobody likes to think about their own death. Well, I have to tell you, I mean, most, most people don't have wills at all. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I would say among the older set, uh, we, we have exceeded 50% now with some sort of estate plans. But if you look at overall, uh, most American adults don't have estate plans at all. So there's a lot of work we have to do as a sector, regardless of COVID-19 or, or earthquakes or hurricanes or whatever. I mean, no matter what happens, people should have estate plans. They should have a will. And so there's a lot that we can do as a sector to help educate people about how that helps protect and advance their own interests after they're gone. Now, even of the people who have wills, a very small percentage of them have charity in their wills. So we have even more work to do. I would say that during this period where we are all so aware of COVID-19, the effects that it's having on people's health, people's finances, the economy overall, the uncertainties that we are facing as a nation, there are some really good reasons to continue um, promoting planned giving. First of all, um, we mention, we do mention the COVID-19 crisis. We have to mention that because everybody's thinking about it. Um, but we don't have to be morbid about it. We can continue to talk about the good work that our organizations are doing and possibly, especially in these times. We can understand that in these times of uncertainty and times when people have, hmm, quite an unexpected extra amount of time to deal with some of those things that they haven't dealt with in the past or for a long time, an extraordinary number of people are making their first estate plans or updating their wills. They now have time to get to it. So let's not miss that opportunity um, while addressing the uncertainties of COVID. Let's say, look, you know, you've been with us for, for many years. We considered you a part of our family. And we hope that you'll consider our agency part of your family as you're working on your estate plans. So, I mean, absolutely, the, the key thing to remember is that planned giving is still and has always been about the relationships that we have with people and with their deeply held values. So the extent to which we can improve our stewardship, that is telling our story about how their funds have been used, what good things we're doing in the community, and what our plans are, and strengthening our relationships with these donors, showing that we care about them, making sure that we're reaching out to the people where maybe we already know they have an estate plan, find out how they are. A non-fundraising call that it's just, how are you doing? How are you coping with this? What is your family doing to deal with COVID-19? Showing that you care. It's about a relationship. It's not about the money. So in these days, don't forget to mention it. Don't dwell on it. Keep the relationships going and getting stronger and stronger. Just don't back away. Don't avoid somebody just because times are uncomfortable and uncertain. I would even argue that for a number of our agencies and our organizations, our institutions, the fact that we're, we're still here doing good work and that we expect to be and intend to be and will have to be 
in the future, well beyond when this when we have a vaccine widely available, when this crisis has passed, we will still be there doing the good work that you, your donors, care about. Um, that is, in a way, a beacon of certainty, a beacon of hope. And people are really looking for that right now. Lisa, that that is a great point, that, that a planned giving request, a planned giving discussion, uh, inherently is a long-term discussion. That's very hopeful right now, you know, that, that the nonprofit will be around uh, after this crisis is over. Uh, and also, you know, oftentimes in the news, we read the story about the planned gift from the, not, from the person the nonprofit had never heard from before, and wasn't it a big surprise? But uh, isn't it true that most planned gifts are from our longtime donors? And if yes. that is true, shouldn't that help us then make that just part of this conversation? Absolutely. Most planned gifts come from longtime donors. At the same time, most realized bequests, that is those that actually come to us, come as surprises. So even though they were our long-term, long-time donors, we may not have known that we were in their estate plans. Well, I find that to be um, constantly amusing. That is just so, so funny that we don't know. Um, maybe it's because they're reserving the option to write you out of their will if they want to in the future. And if you know about it, then it's less likely that they're going to write you out of it. So we just need to make sure that we continue to be and continue to let them know that we are worthy of their, of their consideration in their long-term estate plans, long-term plans. And that's a matter and of communication. And a planned gift certainly uh, can be from all, forms of wealth. We think about the cash that somebody might have or the cash value that somebody might have. What advice do you have in regards to, you know, especially the stock market? Stocks can be part of a planned gift. We see the decline in the stock market right now. Is that something that's still worthy for conversation or is that something right now maybe the current season would argue against? What advice do you have for us in that regard? Well, the advice I have is not to make any assumptions. There are sectors that are doing fine right now. And we hear about the market, the market. Um, first of all, stock market is not the economy. And so we shouldn't make that mistake. Second of all, not all stocks are going down. Um, and so if you are having, if you're in a position to be having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, perhaps like this through Zoom or FaceTime with a longtime donor, um, don't make any assumptions about their particular portfolio. Personally, Mine is down, but it's not down as far as it was, and it's not down as far as it might be. And if I held, if I were actually trading in individual stocks, and many, many people do, I might actually have some appreciated stock right now. So don't make any assumptions. Ask the questions, and donors will let, and listen very carefully, because during conversations, donors will let you know what they want you to know. Lisa Bennett is a member of the fundraising school's faculty, and we want our audience to know she has a high level of very detailed expertise on all the mechanics of planned giving. We just didn't have time to get into that during this brief podcast, but want to assure you of Lisa's expertise in that regard. And as you can hear today, she also has that special touch in terms of being in relationship with our donors just overall, including on this more complex subject of planned giving. So as Lisa has informed us, stay in touch with your donors, listen for those opportunities to discuss planned giving, 
even during this challenging pandemic season, this can still be a legitimate conversation that you have with the right donor in the right way at the right time. The fundraising school, meanwhile, we're still open for business. We have TFRS at your desk. TFRS for the fundraising school, TFRS at your desk. With these podcasts, we have one Friday every month, we get together for something called Fridays with the Fundraising School, a one hour session where you can bring your questions and share your ideas and thoughts. Uh, we also have our courses that are still available online. The courses that lead to the Certificate in Fundraising Management and Certificate in Fundraising Leadership are all available online. Now, we're hoping in late August to be able to come back in person in our home city of Indianapolis. That, of course, we're just staying tuned every day, every week, every month, as we're guided by our national, state, local policies and our Indiana University policies. But the public courses that are available online, we have crisis response scholarships to reduce the registration fee by 50%. And this summer, a special series, Current Affairs Fundraising, five half-day courses that lead to a new Current Affairs Fundraising Certificate. All this is available on our website at philanthropy.iubui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With my colleague, Lisa Bennett, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.